Hello, I'm Dennis Nunn. I want to welcome you to this podcast of Every Believer a Witness. I don't know if you think about this or not. Even before COVID, most of the people that we run into every day have got issues in their life. Uh, There are challenges in relationships, in their homes, work, school, and most of the people aren't going to share those with us. And most of the people are so focused on their problems, they're not thinking about their greatest problem, which is their sin that separates them from God. And then you throw COVID in on top of that. And the fact is, people are feeling overwhelmed. Just the other week, when the Omicron variant was announced, my granddaughter said, is this ever going to end? And there are a lot of people that are thinking this way. And that means we have tremendous opportunities to share with them that it is going to end. And there's going to be a wonderful ending to this world and this life if they know Jesus Christ. And so in Every Believer Witness, we try to just train ordinary people like you and me to use their personal story. My life before I met Jesus, how I met Jesus, my life since Jesus came in, And if you missed those podcasts last fall where we tell you and train specifically about how to do it, you can go to our website and look at those podcasts, get your training on how to share your personal story in a non-hyper-spiritual sounding, uh, non-pressure way at all. And we, we also talked last fall about praying for servers, using our Thanksgiving in public, praying for others at the table. And we talked in December about using tracts, T-R-A-C-T-S, little printed pieces of gospel information, just trying to, to get the good news of Jesus out every way we can. We've talked about things that we can do. Today, I want to begin to talk about how do you see results? In other words, uh, we, want to, we want to do these things. How can we see God use ordinary people like us to work in these situations? We know he uses his spirit and his word, but how does he want to use us? How can we see results when we're sharing? I want to start out by reminding you about the key verse for every believer witness, which is Acts 1.8. And notice what it says. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Now, remember the context for this. Jesus' disciples are with him. Um, They're saying, uh, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You know, are you coming in power right now? And he says, "Don't, don't, don't really be concerned about that. That's up to my father. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to be my witnesses. And then as he goes up into heaven, his ascended angel said, hey, don't stand looking up. Uh, This same Jesus is coming back. So they want to know when. The angel says he's coming back. And in between those periods of time, God wants to use me and you to be sharing the good news of Jesus. And when he told them about being his witnesses, and he said it, notice I've capitalized two words. They're not capitalized in the Bible, but I capitalized them because I want us to focus on these words. You'll receive power. That's what I want to talk to you about. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be, notice I capitalize the word be, my witnesses. In all of our podcasts leading up to this, and all of our teaching, 
we talk about witnessing as a verb. In other words, it's something we do. Uh, we share the gospel. We're witnessing. We're evangelizing. And there's nothing wrong. Witnessing is a verb. But witness is also a noun. And he said, you will be my witnesses. And the fact is, the Holy Spirit doesn't just empower me and you to talk to people about Jesus, but it empowers me and you to actually live like Jesus. Um, in fact, the power of the Holy Spirit results in a life that is a witness. Now, listen carefully. People don't come to faith in Christ by just seeing our life. They have to come to faith in Christ by hearing the gospel. The Bible says folks can't believe if they haven't heard. So we have to share the gospel. But I'm afraid many people are greatly turned off or not receptive to the gospel because they see my life or your life that doesn't back up the message that we're saying with our lips. And the fact is, it's not either or, it's both in. God wants us to be witnessing verb, and God wants us to be witnesses as a noun. And it's so interesting, we need the Holy Spirit to do that. Because you see, that moment right down in Interstate 40, when I called out that day to Jesus, you know, I, I, I'd heard preached again and again that he had died for my sins on the cross. And I had heard it again and again that he rose from the dead. Uh, and I, I, I finally came to believe it. I questioned it for a while. I was an agnostic, but then I came to believe it. But finally that day, I'm riding down the road, driving, smoking, praying, crying. I said, Jesus, my life's a wreck. I want you to come in and forgive me and take over. And he did. When he did, my soul was saved for all eternity. My spirit now is reborn and I can communicate with God, but my flesh did not get saved. Uh, I still walk around, saved Dennis and an unsaved body. And so I can do anything after Jesus I could do before Jesus if I let the flesh control me. You can do anything after becoming a follower of Jesus that you could do before if you yield to the flesh. But God has made a wonderful provision for us. He provided the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit is the one that allows us not to be hypocrites. You know, that's one of the greatest turnoffs to, to unbelievers is seeing somebody who says something, but their life doesn't match up with it. And reality is any of us can be a hypocrite. But God's given us a wonderful power through the Holy Spirit. And notice what happens in my life, in your life, when the Holy Spirit is in control of our lives. Here's the way Paul said it to the believers in Galatia. But the fruit of the Spirit, he's contrasted the flesh, the flesh. But he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Now think about what Paul says the fruit of the Spirit, the things that the Spirit produces in me and in you. Think about the word love. Now, there are various definitions to the word love, but the essence of the word love is that we put someone else's interest ahead of our own. We care more about someone else than we do about ourselves, and that's not natural. That is supernatural. That's why we're commanded to love one another. That's why men... We are commanded to love our wives. You know, it's interesting in the Bible, God doesn't command wives to love their husbands, but he has to command us 
to love our wives because we husbands, we men, have an amazing capacity to be selfish and self-centered. Uh -huh. My wife and I have been married 56 and a half years now. And uh, our marriage is better every day. It's more wonderful. We draw closer. Uh, I, I love her more. And I manifest my love for her more. The first 10 or 11 years of our marriage were not good. Because I wasn't a follower of Jesus. And Jane and I were both in love with the same person. She was in love with me. I was in love with me. And I'll tell you, that does not make for a good relationship. And then once Jesus came in, I had the capacity to love her. But here's reality. We've been married 56 and a half years. I can choose to love me again today. I have to daily put her first. And how do I do that? The power of the Holy Spirit. And, and this Christianity thing is so practical to our lives. Think about love and young people. Um, you know, you begin to mature, you develop an attraction for, for someone, and there's a very natural desire to have physical relations, a guy and a gal. Um, many times, used to, it used to be mainly guys, but increasingly it's girls who would encourage the other person to engage in sexual activity by saying, oh, I love you, oh, I love you. I love you. If you love me, you'll do this. In reality, whenever somebody says that, they're not really thinking about loving you because they're not thinking about what's best for you. They're thinking about what they want. Um, think about uh, senior adults. Um, another, I, I fall in so many of these categories, not the young person, but the husbands and the senior adults. Think about this. Do you know what's a real common tendency of senior adults? We want to live a life of preference instead of a life of deference. In other words, well, I'll tell you, I've been in this church 46 years and this is the way I think it ought to be done. Or I'll tell you right now, I believe this instead of saying, wow, you know, it's not what's most important to me. It's what's best for the church. It's what's best for others. That's not natural. But the Holy Spirit allows you and allows me to live a life of love. And then notice the second word he said. He talked about joy. Now, joy is kind of like happiness, but it's different. Happiness is based on happenings. So if happenings are happening good, I'm happy. And that's why, by the way, an unregenerate, non-follower, unbeliever, not interested in things of God can be happy. As long as happenings are happening good, they're happy. But if happenings are happening bad, they are very unhappy. Um, the Bible uses them, happiness and joy, almost as synonyms. But in reality, in the Bible, joy is an inner happiness that's given, that's not dependent upon circumstances. Um, and so it's possible like Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation, but be of good cheer. Have joy because I've overcome the world. The Holy Spirit is the one that allows us to live above our circumstances and have a, an attitude and emotion of joy. And then he talked about peace. He talked about peace. Um, the Bible talks about peace that passes understanding. 
Um, it's easy to have peace when everything's going great, but it's a difference when you have the peace of the Holy Spirit. As I'm recording this, I'm thinking about tomorrow afternoon, we're going to the funeral of Laura Goad. Back on October the 25th, my wife Jane and I were invited to, over to Scott and Laura's house to have dinner. And Scott's parents were in a church that was, their pastor resigned, and Scott was going to arrange for me to preach there some, as I'm scheduled to do uh, again soon. And he invited us to come to their house for dinner, and then Laura and Jane would talk, and Scott and I would ride over to the church and meet with some of the leaders, and we did. Unbeknownst to Scott, he had contracted COVID. And that Monday night, as we sat there and ate and spent several hours together, and he and I rode in the car over to the church and came back, and then we had dessert with our spouses, um, he had COVID. And so on Wednesday, he got sick, and Laura got sick. On Friday, I got sick. Um, they were sicker than me, but I was sick enough to take a COVID test on, on Saturday, negative. Preached on Sunday, felt worse. Monday felt worse. I took another test. It was positive. And I was able to get in to, our doctor got me in an urgent care where I could get the antibodies infusion. And by Thursday, I'm feeling much better. And Saturday, I'm well. And Scott and Laura are worse. My wife, Jane, never gets it, still hasn't gotten it. And so by that Saturday, I'm well. And by that Saturday night, they have to take Laura to the hospital by ambulance. And from then until not long ago, Laura struggled in the hospital with COVID. And pneumonia began to take, it, take over her lungs. And so we, along with many people, probably thousands and thousands of praying, asking God to heal her. And Scott would send out updates. And I wish you could read those updates. Scott and Laura are dedicated followers of Jesus Christ. And in the midst of the sorrow, because there was sorrow and pain, they manifested such a peace, a confidence in the love of God. And even when Laura passed, they sent out a tremendous story about how God is good all the time and about how his power and peace had just sustained them and how they were experiencing in the midst of what they were going through. I don't know what you're going through today. Uh, I've got a lot of challenges in my life right now. But the fact is, God has made provision, even through hard times, even through troubling times, even through sad times, that we can have an inner joy that's dependent because we're a child of the king, not because we're in this world for a period of time. I really had thought about going through more of these verses, but I think that'd be a good place for us to stop. Let me ask you, how about your life today? Are you a follower of Jesus Christ? I assume you are if you're watching this, listening to it. But if you are, and you accurately looked at your life, is your life characterized by love, joy, and peace. If it's not, I want to encourage you. That's the plan that God has for you. We're going to be teaching more and more in the coming podcast about this. 
But I'll just say this as we close. If you don't have love, joy, and peace in your heart and in your life right now, tell God, God, I want that. Lord, show me in my life anything that's displeasing to you because I want to love you and I want to serve you and I want that supernatural life of love, joy, and peace. Join us again next week and we'll continue our study about the change that the Holy Spirit makes in the life of a believer, how we can not just witness, but we can be witnesses. God bless.